It's Monday, 6 a.m. in the morning. My college begins at 8. My first agenda is to be at the bus stop at 7, hoping to catch the bus, the frequency of which is uncertain. I'm lucky enough to have caught the bus for a change. There is more traffic inside the bus than on the road. And then there is me, struggling to stand still and thinking if I'll have to be like this for the next 40-45 minutes. Well, this is how my life looked like. What now seems long, long ago. Everyone keeps talking about how things will be so very different thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. Five of us figured we might as well get a little economicsy about it and look at the change from a consumption point of view. So hello listener, this is the Crisis Picures Consumer, an attempt of our students of economics, Anishay, Devangi, Nidhi, Raj Lakshmi and Vaishnavi to understand the conspicuous changes in consumption trends of pre- and post-pandemic times from shopping to working and a whole lot more. Hi, this is Vaishnavi. And this is Nidhi. And in this episode, we are here to talk about something that quite a few of us were super optimistic about, but because of this pandemic, unfortunately, us now scared of. And I'm talking about, as some of you might have already guessed, traveling. Okay, so let's jump right in. Along with you, Vaishnavi, public transport was an integral part of a lot of people's lives. To give you some context, the Mumbai suburban trains alone handle more than 7.5 million commuters daily. Especially in metro cities, people are heavily dependent on buses and, well, metros. And I feel like it's pretty well known that their hygiene levels are not up to the mark in India at least. Looking at this factor, it's safe to say that people will refrain from using public transport. But until when? We asked our friends in Delhi this question and most of them said that they'd feel comfortable in using the metros once the vaccine was out or unless it was extremely necessary. Otherwise, they'd prefer sticking to cabs and personal vehicles only. Hmm, that's a viable option in India. But in other countries, quite a large population is solely dependent on the public transport. While researching for the same, we stumbled upon this wonderful video by the Wall Street Journal. It, in very simple words, explains how things might change in this travel scene. Hundreds of millions of people flock to transit hubs around the world every day as they travel into work in the mornings and go home at night. Or at least they used to. The coronavirus pandemic has turned the daily commute into a public health risk. From swiping a subway ticket, to touching a payment screen, or squeezing onto a crowded train, the way many of us used to travel now means risking exposure to a deadly virus. The video further explains how various transportation networks around the world have started taking precautions, especially by improving hygiene and sanitization. For instance, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority is testing a UV light system to kill the virus. In Hong Kong, robots spraying disinfectants are being used. 
some beijing railway stations subway stations are using temperature screening systems as well then tokyo metro the main subway operator in their city has also begun spraying a super fine atomization of a silver based compound taking the advantages of the antimicrobial properties additionally um, various countries are also using electrostatic sprayer packs to disinfect the public vehicles these measures sound really cool but they heavily rely on expensive equipment and that's not really feasible for a country like ours switching over to the public rental bicycle system also is a model that has been tried in the smart cities of india and while it can provide connectivity to the bus stops or the train stations i don't think it can completely replace the metros or the bus system so in my opinion there's only one other option left which is to reduce the number of passengers to be able to stick to the social distancing guidelines hmm yes well i think they are doing something very similar in bombay looking at the number you mentioned earlier one infected person traveling in the mumbai local can infect millions taking this major point into consideration and curbing the widespread the lifelines of bombay as it is popularly known as were shut down for 3 months before they were partially resumed on the june 15th and as of now they are only allowing essential service providers and ensuring social distancing efforts are also being made to ensure hygiene on all passenger interface areas and uh, elements in coaches like say seats handles windows and so many more that sounds like a great initiative but won't a lesser number of people traveling per trip lead to more train trips in general not to forget this will also increase the price of the tickets and just imagine the long queues during rush hours all this makes me think that life would be so much easier if houses were located super close to the office spaces hai na yes but if we actually realistically look at the circumstances honestly buying a small car or say a scooter for commute is way better than buying a house or a place at the moment to stay somewhere nearby right right so this brings us to an important question will there be a rise in personal automobiles due to coronavirus let's start by looking at the survey we conducted of course keeping in mind that the responses that we received were more or less from the urban areas and from people coming from a same similar income strata so anyway when we asked them what their preferred mode of transport for traveling within the city was 54% of the people prefer traveling by personal vehicles before corona and post covid that number increased to 89% so will this help the automobile sector that has already been dying i mean can covid cause the automobile sales to go up while that may seem like a plausible causation it actually is not very accurate to generalize this for the whole country why because the pandemic more than anything has impacted people's salaries and buying vehicles is the last thing on people's minds right now especially when most of them have an option to work or study from home order essentials online and practically live a remote life 
also usually the festival season is prime time for the sale of cars and bikes more than 40% of the total vehicle sales according to an article in the economic times happened during the festival season but this year no one knows to what extent we can celebrate anything so there also i think the automobile sector will take a hit another major point that can work against the automobile sector is the fuel prices of course you've read that the oil prices were at an all time low but despite that since fuel is one commodity that everyone can be taxed on it's likely that the government will hike fuel prices just to collect revenue to support the economy true the petrol prices were you know they were up from rupees 75 in april to almost 87 as of july exactly so all of this points towards one result a rise in the sale of automobiles at least for this year seems kind of tricky and it's not just me who says that even the article that i was quoting earlier from the economic times they also seem to agree with me on this well that's kind of sad all we can do is hope for the best anyways nidhi it's not like buying new cars was on top of our lists at least as of now i yeah? agree these were supposed to be our summer vacations and i'm sure most of us had some plans to travel and all right well yes not just us who travel to take a break from our daily routine lives there are people jinke liye travel is the rosa routine isn't that simply wonderful when you get paid to travel i personally would have loved to have a job like that i know but right now it seems kind of bleak for them unfortunately well, this pandemic has been a ha- has been kind of a hard hit on those people that's that's true you know like influencers travel content writers or creators are still the ones we see pretty much directly on social media platforms looking a little deeper in professions say like the travel or tourist guide who is usually confined to a particular site then travel companies are also having a tough time you know because since our summer vacations are the peak season for them not just them but pilots and the airline industry are also in a tight spot one of my friends brunalika aspires to be a pilot and here's what she had to say about the situation currently all the flying schools and airlines are at a halt because of the uncertainty of when they'll be allowed to conduct flight operations aviation and tourism are worst hit by the virus major airlines like lufthansa british airways are facing problems due to bankruptcy cargo flying is on the other hand doing pretty well because of different medical and operational requirements yeah the airline industry seems to be in trouble big time why because of the basic three reasons fuel prices airport costs and staff salaries also reduction in corporate travel will factor in too the international air transportation association is supposedly going to lose 84.3 billion dollars this year delta airlines is shutting down 30 locations whereas pilots of ryanair are accepting a 20% pay cut just to avoid job reduction air india is also expected to incur losses of up to 35 crores i also read an article on live mint uh, which said that crisil the credit rating agency said that 
Indian aviation sector might witness losses about 25,000 crores. And it will take at least two to three years to get back to the pre-pandemic levels. Yeah. And I think this also directly relates to booking agencies as well. I read in an article of the Hindu that Make My Trip had to literally let go of 350 employees just to make up for the losses that they've been facing. Well, it's kind of obvious that people are going to be iffy about traveling. I mean, when we looked up the word Trivago on Google Trends, the interest over time in the past year had fallen from 60% to 6%. I mean, it has to account for something, right? Yeah, it just tells us that people are not interested in traveling right now. In our survey also, we had included a question to gauge how people felt about traveling to countries that had been affected by the virus. Half of the respondents answered that they would wait at least three years before traveling again. But this is all bad ki baat. What, what about the people who had booked their tickets and had planned to travel this year? And those plans were cancelled thanks to COVID. The amount of tickets booked prior to the lockdown is estimated at Rs 3,700 crores. Well, for those who are fortunate enough to be able to cancel their trips in time, turns out that their luck ran out when it came to getting their money back. Even on refundable tickets, instead of money, people received refund points. And the catch here is that these refund points are valid only for a year. This got me thinking that maybe this, these refund points can fast track the process of making the tourism industry profitable again and hopefully just not make customers angry and not want to travel again. Uh, this story is pretty much similar in the hospitality sector too. The hospitality and leisure industry saw one of the largest declines in payrolls amid the coronavirus outbreak. It is expected to have a loss of rupees 30,000 crores in India alone. About 70% of the workforce from this industry might lose their job. Here's what one of my friends, Gauri, had to say about the situation of the students studying hospitality. So your travel and tourism industry is heavily dependent on your hospitality industry and your hospitality industry is uh, supported by your hospitality colleges. Now the courses in these colleges are structured in such a manner that 60% of your grade are acquired by completing an internship and 40% of your grade is acquired through a theoretical examination, right? Um, so these internships are not only important because they are uh, because of your grade, but they're also important because it allows an individual to understand experience and sort of know what they want to specialize in later. And it's also important for getting experience because hospitality is a business where you get employed on the basis of experience that you have. And a lot of students are being denied this because of the pandemic. Being largely a consumer-based industry to curb these losses, they have to incentivize people to stay in hotels and use their services. By working more on, say, sanitation and adding required infrastructure for the same will ensure the guests of safety and well-being, gaining their confidence, of course. Plus, the fact that supply here is dominating demand. So prices are expected to be low, Buyers, hence, will have an upper hand 
resulting in losses on the supply side. Marriott and some other chains for this reasons are moving towards flexible pricing to reduce their losses. Achha. So these are some tactics that the industry is using to stay in the game as of now. But to what extent will they be successful? If we take a look at the recent past, history tells us that be it the Great Recession or the H1N1 pandemic, the tourism industry has ultimately adapted and survived. I mean, so this gives us some hope, right? Yes. Some countries have already started with their promotions for the same. Take Spain, for example. It is the most it is the second most visited country and receives almost 80 million tourists a year. To recover the tourism, they started with the Spain for Sure campaign. The objective is to attract the public and generate interest in their country and give out the message that the country is safe to travel, well, also for investments and other activities. Even in India, places like Goa, Uttarakhand and Himachal Pradesh are opening up for tourists, of course, with necessary precautions. Yeah, we don't want a second wave anytime soon. But that's great news, yeah? So let's just review what we covered in this episode. We took a look at the transport and tourism sectors, went over our thoughts and referred a few articles about them. Also, we looked at how they are planning to overcome the setbacks that they are faced with currently. Travel has, and I'm very sure, it definitely will make a comeback and revive itself. As long as there are travel enthusiasts like us. Yeah. On this optimistic note, let's wrap up for the day. Thank you very much for tuning in. Feel free to reach out to us on our social media handles on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget to tune in to our final episode next week, where we talk about the future both of and with automation and globalization. Until then, stay safe and have a great time. This is Vaishnavi Prasad along with Nidhi Harish signing off.